Welcome to the Femme Noir Nomads podcast, a podcast that explores the unique experiences of Black women solo travelers and digital nomads. We feature inspiring stories from location-independent women who have challenged stereotypes and created communities for women of color all over the world. Our guests share their travel tips and insights on how to navigate cultural differences and build financial stability all while traveling the world as solo Black women. What's up, everybody? I hope you all are doing well. I know it's been a while since I've uploaded an episode, but I had some medical issues to deal with. But I am back on the mend and getting ready to travel again. I was supposed to be in Greece right now, but due to my health, I had to postpone my trip. But I will be traveling to Greece pretty soon, and I will try to upload episodes on a more regular basis. But today, I am speaking with Miss Tracy Collins, who is one of the many incredible women I met in Mexico City last year. And she has some tremendous value to give when it comes to preparing for expat life. So I hope you guys enjoy. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tracy. I have really been looking forward to this conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. And I do have to say that um, before we get into it is that when I first came up with the idea for this podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of that I wanted to have on as a guest. Really? Yes. <laughs> you oh my were the God. first people. Because <laughs> I remember when I met you, it was last year. Yes. And I was living in Mexico City for a month. Yes. And it was a day I was doing some work in a coffee shop that was down the street from my hotel. And yes. you and your partner walked in. And right. of course, I always perk up when I see other Black female travelers. So I perked up and I was like, oh, okay. <sighs> I want to talk to these ladies. (laughs) Uh, It's so funny because I just mentioned to her this morning, like I've been talking about, she says, you still connect her? I said, yeah, we, 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 you know, follow each other on social media and I'm doing her podcast. So she was like, you know, you just never know like who you will maintain connection with. Right. Never, you never know. We, yeah, we struck up a conversation and we ended up exchanging, um, Instagrams. And I remember when I, when I looked you up after we had met, I was like blown away when I saw like all of your accomplishments. Oh, really? Oh "Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was so impressed. I was, I remember calling my mom. I remember calling my mom. I was like, mom, I met this most amazing woman in the coffee shop today. She Mm -hmm. is a CEO. She's a playwright. She's a a speaker, a director, like all the stuff that you do. I was like, so impressed. So mm-hmm. I remember like when I wanted to do this podcast, I was like, I keep meeting these incredible people in my, when, black women in my travels. Yeah. And I was like, I want to have conversations with these women. And I want, I want people to know about them because there's a lot of really amazing things going on out here that people need to know about that they don't. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I really just made my day because <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> I just be going through the motions. So thank you. Oh, no, no, it's definitely noticed. And 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 thank you because when I did first announce my podcast, you were one of the first people to congratulate me. So yeah. I do thank you for that. And I 
I was like, I hope that when I'm, you know, a little more established, I can have her on. And then you congratulated me. And I was like, well, I'm just throw it out here. Who knows? And I was like, well, I'd love to have you on. And then you agreed. So I really appreciate you doing this. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure because I, I think I, well, not I think, I know I'm opening up to conversations like this more. And um, yeah, just as we see an influx of us, you know, deciding to live our best life and the life that we deserve mm-hmm. and desire. I mean, I yeah. welcome these kind of conversations. So when you asked me, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm so glad. So um, and also on a side note, we have the same tattoo, which really? also, yes, we have the same tattoo. The oh, um yeah. the eye of Horus that yes. I got. Yep, yeah. when I was in Egypt. So uh where I found when I was in Egypt. So that's another connection. So <laughs> uh, you know, that tattoo or this tattoo on my right shoulder, it was the most peaceful tattoo I have ever experienced getting. Really? I almost fell asleep and I didn't take anything before. I don't when I get tattoos, I just, you know, I don't take anything before. There was no numbing medicine. There was nothing that I ingested. Um, nothing topical, nothing that I ingested. And um, I almost fell asleep when I was getting this tattoo. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I, I wish I could say that. That that's, is my first and only tattoo so far. And um, me and my daughter, my daughter has it too. And me and her got matching tattoos mm. for Christmas one year. So she got it on her back and I got mine on my, um, on my shoulder kind of. Oh. And um it was I definitely was not falling asleep (laughs) yeah that not not for the first one you're like what is this (laughs) (laughs) I swore I was never going to get another one but now I do think I want another one I just don't know yeah but um anyway so let it let's get into it so I I mentioned before um a lot of the different hats that you wear Mm-hmm. and all of these different accomplishments that you have. So I want to, I just want to talk a little bit about your background, about how you came to be an entrepreneur and a, and a CEO and all the things that you did, you know, as much as you want to tell us. Yeah. Can I cuss? Absolutely, girl. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> because I'm a shitty employee. Like I really am. I'm not a good employee. And it's not for the reasons that people will think. Um, I was always on time. I always did my work, but my attitude and my disposition was like, I don't want to be here. I was never one of the employees that would like decorate their area or their space because in my mind, I knew I would not be there long. Mm -hmm. And I've never held a job longer than a year. I think it's a a year, maybe a year and a half at max. And it was because I knew that, that being an employee was not where I was supposed to be. However, it took me a long time to to embrace the entrepreneur spirit because unfortunately I was in a situationship to where that person would beat me up for just really being the person that God created me to be, which was, you know, a leader, an entrepreneur, you know, a CEO. And you grow into those roles. It's not something that you take on. take on easily you have to really learn how to be in those spaces but 
I knew that I was meant to have my own business. Now, the field that I've been in for my entire adult life, for the most part, you know, I started when I was 24. So I've been in the field for 23 years. But entrepreneurship was something that you really have to grow into. And we as Black people, we don't have the luxury most oftentimes of having conversations around the dinner table growing up about business, about business strategy, about business structure, about taxation, about scalability. Like we don't have that kind of luxury growing up. So everything that I, even when I started my business, there wasn't, um, or started out in the world of entrepreneurship, there wasn't someone that you would consider as a business mentor. There are mm-hmm. people that I admire, but to have like a business mentor was even foreign terminology for me versus now that's something that's very common, like business coaching or business mentorship. But, right. you know, because I'm older than I look, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, when I was starting out in the game, it was like, yeah, this, this, I, I'm learning on my own. And oftentimes, even now, still to this day, even as recent as of yesterday, I'm still navigating in spaces being the only black girl. Wow. Still. Still. 2023. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I, I definitely relate to that. And I'm sure a lot of people relate to that with feeling like you are in a space that you shouldn't be. I, I too felt that way. Um, being an employee, I don't know if I would say I was a shitty employee, but I would say I, I would do, you know, just enough so that they would leave me alone, but Mm -hmm. not too much because if you do too much, then you get noticed and they put more on you. Mm-hmm. So I like, I, I walk that little fine line in the middle, just enough to stay off their radar <laughs> until right, I can right. get up out of there. So um, yeah, I am, I feel like I am where you were talking about. I am an entrepreneur of less than, I've been doing this for like less than three years. So I'm still fairly new at it. I'm more of a freelancer now, but definitely, um, it's something that you have to grow into. And that's mm-hmm. something that I am still dealing with coming out of that employee mind space and thinking like a business owner, mm-hmm. trying to think like a business owner. That's a, that's a skill that you have to learn. So I do agree with that. You definitely have to learn that skill. And when you begin to think like a business owner, your thought processes about life will forever and always be changed. There is one way to think about um, you're going about your life as an employee and there's a whole different way that you approach life as a business owner. Those really? are totally different um, streams of thought, thought processes, you know, lifestyles, living, decision-making, accountability. I mean, I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's totally different. And I, I did not know that when I first started out, my goal was to just, my main goal was I wanted to be able to travel whenever I felt like it. I didn't want to have to ask for time off. I didn't want to have to ask for vacation. I wanted to be able to just pick up my laptop and just go. That Mm -hmm. was the only thing I was thinking about. I wasn't thinking about entrepreneur mindset or being a business owner or any of that. I just knew I didn't want to, I didn't want to work for anybody. So when I quit my job and started freelancing, that was the only thing that I was thinking about was getting out of the United States Mm -hmm. (laughs) just Mm -hmm. because I knew I didn't want to be here. So I am kind of sort of 
date, I get, I call it dating countries, like trying to figure out where I want to live. Yeah. So I'm like experiencing all these different countries, like dating countries, trying to figure out which one I want to marry to settle yeah. down in. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, do you have a favorite? I know that you're supposed to be asking me the questions, but do you have a favorite right now? Um, I think right now, Mexico is in the lead right now. Isn't she amazing? I just read I just read an article day before yesterday on Travel Noir that that said Mexico was the number one country for expats because and she's amazing yeah yeah I um I would have to agree she has something for everybody and I think what makes Mexico so amazing and I pray to God this doesn't change are the people the native oh, people. aren't they aren't they the nicest most yeah. generous people that i have ever met same same and they make you feel like you belong there they want you there and they want to share their culture with you and there to me there is no better food than mexican food i can't go i can't live anywhere where i don't like the food and i and i actually said a prayer last night i was like please god don't let me get fat in oaxaca because <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like okay girl you're gonna have to lose some weight before you go to oaxaca okay Trey. I'm, I'm really like giving myself a pep talk like push back and it's going to be hard because we're going to be in you know Mexico City then we're going down to San Miguel then we're going to hop over to Oaxaca and it's like okay so I'm bracing myself yeah that the food is good that's that's going to be really hard and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because um that is actually the main thing that I wanted to talk to you about because we know that there is this phenomenon going on going on right now called the black sit mm -hmm. where um, Black people are getting up out of the United States in droves. <laughs> yeah. And it's been that way. I feel like it's been that way for a while, but I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like recently that movement has been picking up steam. And I see it everywhere. And it, it may be because I'm looking for it now, but I see it everywhere. And I know that you are getting ready to embark on a move to Mexico. Mm -hmm. um for good mm -hmm. so I wanted to ask you about that because I feel like that's a subject that a lot of people are going to want to know about mm -hmm. um so first of all when did you realize that you wanted to move out of the U.S. how did you even come to that decision <laughs> child <laughs> so Back in 2015, I started structuring my life so I can pick up my laptop and live anywhere in the world that I wanted to live. I knew in my spirit, in the fabric of my gut and DNA, that I did not want to die here. And I knew that this place was not where I wanted to call home in this place called the United States of America. I really never felt uh, a part of it. And so I put, I, I, I began to structure my life be, to where I wanted to be able to pick up my laptop and be able to work from anywhere in the world. So mm -hmm. I, it, I, I, it goes back as far as 2015, but I'm sure 
even though I transitioned, I think I was kind of making my way out of the door. I transitioned from Oakland to Atlanta in 2016, and I've been in, in, in the outskirts of Atlanta ever since. And now we're getting ready to move in less than a month. Um, but 2015 is the earliest that I can recollect. Okay, so it's something that you just kind of felt like you always knew you weren't you weren't going to be in the make the U.S. your permanent home. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of that myself. Like, when did I decide that I knew I wasn't going to stay here in the U.S.? I feel like it's just something like you. It's just something that I've always known. I can't like pinpoint a moment where I made decision. It's just kind of something I always knew that I wasn't going to stay here. And I know whenever I leave and come back, I don't feel, and tell me if you feel this too, I don't feel like I can be my authentic self when I'm here in the U.S. I know absolutely I am not my authentic self here in the, in the United States. I know for a 100% fact, part of the reason why I need to go is because I feel suppressed here yeah like what is what is what is that about that I I feel like like when the plane is coming back from wherever I'm I'm coming from when it starts hitting that United States space I feel a weight on my mm -hmm. shoulders it's the craziest thing and I'm I feel that way the whole time I'm here and then when I get on the plane and I leave I start to feel that weight off of me and I I I drop weight as soon as I leave the U.S. I don't have stomach issues when I leave the U.S. Right. I feel, I think clearer. Like what, what is that about? I can tell you, it's the pressure to prove. It's the pressure to prove. It's the pressure to produce. It's the pressure of being hypervigilant about your, the safety uh, when you walk outside the doors and even sometimes even when you're in your home, it Definitely. is a constant bombardment of having of capitalism and having to buy and consume. Um, it oh is my God, the, yes. The, the food, uh, that's another reason why, that's the food is one of the top three reasons why I'm leaving this country is because I'm tired of, I love food too much and I have a great deep understanding of food enough mm -hmm. to know that this is fake. Food. Yeah, and, you know, with the the toxins and the chemicals and the pesticides, and, and even on your fruits and vegetables, it doesn't even oh, because you're a carnivore because you eat meat or no, so it, even in so the veggies, it's in the vegetables, and and so um, it's all of those reasons. It's all of the pressures of the consumption. It used to be when you made six figures, you were a upper middle class. Now people who are, you have to make it, I think a minimum of 250,000 to be considered. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And who makes that? <laughs> and the barometer is constantly being pushed further and further away. So it's really not even attainable. And that's one of the things that really gets on my nerves about this society is the fact that the the definite you've allowed somebody to define success for you. For me, right. success is freedom. Yeah. Success doesn't have a dollar amount on it. Success has to do with the freedom to be. Right. And just be. 
just be. just be yeah just, just be you unapologetically and uh, you know being authentic in in your approach in your walk being a, intentional about your decision making and in your being like it that's success somebody saying that you have to make this dollar amount you know wear this drive that your home has to look like that's bullshit it's it all is. it's a trap it's, it's such a trap, a trap. it's yeah. such a trap yeah yeah, and I, I, my mom and I talk about this all the time, especially the food. We're like, what is it that we're eating? Because I don't have, I don't have the the problems that I have when I'm outside of the U.S. And it's not like I eat better when I'm outside of the U.S. I eat the same things. I just feel a lot better. I sleep better, mm -hmm. and like I said, I just feel like I can be more of myself. And I think you hit the the nail on the head when you said it's, it's capitalism, it's capitalism mm -hmm. and the pressure to, to always produce. Mm -hmm. And that's why I loved Mexico so much because I like their style of pace. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that the people are so warm and inviting and welcome. And um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely in the running. So you guys, decided on Mexico. How, how did you decide on Mexico? Did you, did you visit any other places besides Mexico before you made the decision to go there or, or was it always Mexico for you? Yeah. So I've been to seven countries and I, I know it's not a lot. I plan to add more to that. And honey, prior to us going on our honeymoon, which was in June of last year, she had never been outside that country. So we went to Costa Rica for our honeymoon and we went to Puerto Viejo and loved it there. And this was my first time in um, Central America. And no, no, no. Yeah, my first time in Central America, but just like two weeks before that I had went to Mexico for the first time. And it was something about Mexico. And I said to my youngest daughter who was with me at the time, I said, I'm going to move here. And she says, you're moving to Mexico now, mom. And then she like kind of chuckled. But one thing that people know about me is that I'm going to do what I say. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so honey thought I was crazy, but out of all of the countries that I visited in the world, Mexico is the only place that I've been back to a gazillion times, it feels like. And it's the only place that has felt like home. Um, okay. And, you know, being Black women, you have to be intentional in, about your travel and safety. But being a Black lesbian woman, then you have to, like, when you're a couple, then mm -hmm. your options become even more narrow. And so for us, it especially for me and again the food it's the culture it's the food it's the people it's um it used to be the cost of living it's now more expensive but we're still able to make it to where we're able to save thousands of dollars a month just yeah. by relocating um so it it was it was a I was I already knew but honey it took her a little bit more convincing <laughs> <laughs> so when you met us we were there for six weeks okay and um we were in the country for six weeks and we were we were we had did all of Quintana Roo so Cancun Playa Tulum we had had done that we we did Merida and then we were up in Mexico City and we were only supposed to be in Mexico City for two weeks and we ended up staying four 
Um, yeah, I remember you saying that you had extended your stay in Mexico City. Yeah. And I so, talked to you. Yeah. And it was that. And I think that is when I think she became convinced that this could possibly be the right move for us. Okay. And so it was around that time. So September, October of last year. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was October, I think was when I had met you guys. Mm-hmm. So um, just out of curiosity, what, um, besides Costa Rica, where else did you, did you guys visit? The, for, for us, those were the only two places. Um, oh, okay. The problem is like, you can't keep me out of Mexico now. Like you really can't. <laughs> it's like, where, why would I go to anywhere else in the world when I can just get on a plane in an hour and a half, two hours <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I've been, I've been twice. I've been, I went to, after you guys saw me in Mexico city, I came home and then I went to Merida for a while, which I love. Um, but it was the heat almost killed me yeah. and, um, Playa del Carmen, which I really loved yeah, as well. Playa. But yeah. I, I think Merida, they have some of the nicest people on the, on the planet. Like, they were the most hospitable city I've ever mm-hmm. encountered. And if it wasn't for the heat, I would have stayed there a little longer. Wait till you go to Guadalajara. It can't be hotter than there. Though. It's not going to be hotter, but the people, oh my God. Okay. Maybe oh, the people. Really? Child. I didn't have that on my radar, but now I'm like, Guadala- put it on there. Guadalajara, the people in Guadalajara, to me were some of the most, were the most nicest hospitable people in the country that we had experienced. Like I was trying, we were in um, Tlacupaki, which is just, you know, outside of Guadalajara, cute little artisan town that I absolutely adore. And I was trying to get up on this huge chair for Honey to take a picture of me. And out of nowhere, this man comes and just, a native just comes to like help me up on the chair. I mean, they are some of the most like I just can't even explain it, but yeah. they're amazing. I get it. They're they're they are like that. I know uh when I was in Merida, I was just trying to I was trying to order ice cream or oh no, I was trying to order a smoothie. Just something simple like I was at a smoothie shop. I was trying to order a smoothie. And the guy at the smoothie shop and I were having a little bit of difficulty understanding each other because my Spanish is horrible. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, there was a guy walking by. He wasn't even in the shop, but he heard us having wow. some problems. And he just came over. He's like, you speak English? Yeah. And he helped me order, you know, translate it for me. Just yeah. And then went on his merry way. Uh-huh. And I and. I was, I remember we were trying to find the person I was traveling with. We were trying to find the bus station to take the bus from there to the playa. And we were just walking on a Sunday morning with our suitcases. And twice people were like, do you guys know where you're going? You guys need help? Or are y'all lost? Just out of nowhere, just checking to make sure we were okay. And I don't, we were just blown away by that because yeah, we're not used to it. We're not no, used to being treated. Not nice. used to it. No, not at yeah. all. And I we're, wasn't expecting it. We're not used to being treated nice. We're not used to people just offering to help us. We're not used to our safety not being in jeopardy. We're not used to people offering something to us and not expecting something back in return. 
exactly, exactly. I what I was expecting was the way it is here in the U.S. When you run up on somebody that doesn't speak English, maybe their accent is really heavy. What kind of reception do they get? <sighs> yeah, you don't speak the language. They get you know we get aggravated with them. We get impatient with them. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, I was expecting the same type of treatment, and I found that nowhere. They Not don't. They, they just want to help you. They're just so grateful that you want to learn. Yeah, yeah. They. I find that they really like when you try. As as horrible mm-hmm. as my Spanish is, <laughs> no one ever got frustrated with me. No. Same. Same with us. Same with us. So, where did you guys just? So, Guadalajara is where you guys decided to settle at. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So for us, Guadalajara is amazing, but we didn't like the climate in Guadalajara. It's very much given Las Vegas dry desert heat, (laughs) Um, but the food is amazing. The people are amazing. Like outside of that, the homes are, you have your choice between apartments and homes and like you just have a choice of where you want to live as far as how you want to live versus Mexico City is all vertical living a lot of a lot of you know primarily apartment living but we haven't decided as far as like Mexico City pretty much hits all of the boxes even though Mm -hmm. Puerto Vallarta hit a lot of the boxes but we didn't like how touristy it was um Mexico City hit all of the boxes you know, for the most part with us, but we still want to explore just a little bit more within the country, but we know like we both love Mexico city. So we, we see ourselves like, even if we're not living in Mexico city, I don't think we'll be too far from it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is also the reason why we want to see San Miguel de Allende, even though there's a lot of expats there and it's extremely touristy, I think it may offer the balance that we need, but also the proximity that we would like to Mexico City. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, I've heard a lot about that. Well, I, that one was a new one on me. I hadn't heard a lot about that, but it's been coming on lately. I've been seeing people talk, talk that place up a little bit. So I think it's getting more popular. Yeah. I liked Playa because um, that was my first choice. Yes, I I loved Playa. It was it's not quite as hot as Merida um, and it's near the beach and you can I can go and I can practice my Spanish. But if there are days when I feel lazy, I think there's parts of Playa where you can go and just hear full English conversations yeah yeah one of my dear friends that um like I met when we first went to uh, Playa del Carmen she still lives there and I you know and she's fluent she's fluent in Spanish um black girl from Philly and um I just love Playa del Carmen was my my choice my first choice but honey she don't like the heat like that but we uh, both agree that Quintana Roo is our favorite like beach state destination so like you have Isla Mujeres you have Isla Hobosh out there you have Bacalar out there because of that Caribbean sea the water is, is phenomenal it's phenomenal it's beautiful so um okay so you guys are gonna be a little bit outside of Mexico City um, to start. 
So are you planning on kind of moving around a little bit or um, just hunkering down outside of Mexico City for a while? We um, are, what we've learned is that we are, especially hunting more so than myself, but we are, we like our comforts. So we like the idea of having our home to come back to. So even though we're going to do a little bit of traveling, we know Mexico is going to be our home. And so we are going to settle sooner than not. But once we even settle, it's going to be like, okay, now that we settle, it's time to Mm -hmm. go visit. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. To come back to because I love my bed, and that's one of the things that even though we sell in our house, and our home is you know we leave our home on Tuesday, we've sold our home, and um, I want to get back in my bed, so I can't wait to get our bed across the border into our new home. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. There is there is something to be said for having a familiar place to come back to. Yeah. Which is that's what I'm kind of looking for is where do where do where can I go that feels like home and then from there yes. I can still do the traveling that I love. Yeah. So yeah, I, I we, fully appreciate that. We plan to do Europe. We both can't wait to go to Amsterdam. Like um we plan to do oh what's on our list? Um Southeast Asia. And I want to do more of Central America. Like that is to really get down to Colombia, to get into just, um, you know, other parts of Central America. I do love the the Latin culture. I do. Yeah, I do too. And um, I did do, I went to Colombia, which was oh, nice. Right. I remember. It was nice. I, I didn't love it as much as I love Mexico. I still would put Mexico above that, but Colombia was nice. I think I may have to try it again, just give it another try. Yeah. Um, I went to okay. I went to um Medellin. Uh-huh. But I, I heard that Cartagena was the place to go. So I probably yeah. will I might try out Cartagena the next time I go, just so I can can say that I've been there and see see what it's like because I've heard that they have a really good um, black community there and I'm all about going places that have an already built-in black community that's mm-hmm. like one of the boxes that a place needs to check off for me yeah that I do we plan to do Medellin and Cartagena as well um, but like I said we definitely we are we want to establish our home base and then you know then pick up and do some traveling more traveling now, do you think that you will stay in Mexico as your home base, or do you think you'll you guys will end up moving to another country at some point, or is that not in the cards? It is in the cards, but again, here I go with this food. There is no, <laughs> well, that's important. There is no better cuisine to me than Mexican food. I am from California. So when I tell you I've grown up on Mexican food my entire life and Mm -hmm. you get into Mexico and you see how you can eat street tacos for less than $2. And then you can eat at Michelin star restaurants. um, And the food is, is 
the real organic, let's just say, not just labeled organic and it's coming but from real. farmers. Yeah, right. like that's really important to me as far as how, how close to farm to table are we? Um, however, there are parts of Europe that we do want to see and we're, I'm not opposed to having a second home or us having a second home, but I don't think I'll ever give up my Mexican residence ever. Yeah. At this okay. stage in my life. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys going to do, um, seek residency or dual citizenship or anything like that? So we have our residency already. Okay. Yeah, okay. right. When we went to Merida, we went and um, we did our residency process last year. So actually, when we go back next month, we will we have to renew our residency, and we are hoping that we can just go ahead and renew it for the remainder three years. And then by the time we, you know, that those three years are up, we can just go into permanent. Okay, that what was that process like? It was it is it there a lot of paperwork involved or can you do it online was it a really cumbersome process so it residency it's not a cumbersome process you just have to start start it here in in your home country and i would encourage you to especially since you're considering mexico I would mm -hmm. encourage you to do it sooner than later because every year the the income qualifications go up higher and okay so, um but getting that residency, I think for us, we were able to get in, in through Honey's retirement. They were like, okay, you, you, you guys qualify enough with her retirement, even though like we had the income too to substantiate it outside of her retirement, but we were able to just slide on through with that. So we got, we took care of that here in Atlanta. And then you have six months to complete the second half, which is in the country itself. And we did that in Merida with Barbara Blanco with Merida Moves. And um, it's important to have an attorney help you with that because everything has to be in Spanish and they and you want to make sure that you hire somebody to 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 finish out that second half for you. That was crucial for us. That was like okay. crucial. If we were going back to Merida, I would be like, okay, Barbara, we back, we need to renew, but we're just not going back to Merida. We're going to be in Mexico City. But it is, it's one of the things that if we did not have her, we would not have made it through. Okay. Okay. So it you recommend or highly recommend not trying to do this on your own hire an attorney yeah to... When you get to the second part so you okay. have to call your local consulate you know um your, your Mex the mexican consulate closest to you but they're like there's one in uh, mcallen texas i think is really good of course atlanta is good wherever you can get your closest appointment you have to bring in you know certain paperwork and the proof of income and whatever the requirements are bring all of that with you and once it's approved they'll they'll determine it right then and there they will stamp your not stamp but they'll put um a card within your passport and then you have six months to complete the second half which is going into the country but once you land in the country and at customs it's called conje which is c-a-n-j-e you have 30 days from the moment that you land in the country to complete the second half oh okay yeah so okay. what, what we did was when we when we let's just say we got to Merida on a Monday we mm -hmm. met with Barbara on Tuesday in line to get the get our we had an already schedule we had I had met with her in advance hired her in advance had a conversation with her in advance and so um so we were ready to roll the next day I was not playing 
Okay. Yeah. That sounds like, so, and you said she's with, what was the name of the company she was with? Merida Moves. Merida Moves. Okay. And she's I'm going to try. Like, if you watch HGTV, um, mm -hmm. International, House Hunters International for Merida, she's, mm -hmm. that's her. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I will try to make sure and maybe link that in the show notes in case anybody wants to look her up. That's some good information. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to make note of that. So, and as far as your your business, because you are basically online. Yes. So, were there any requirements or anything you have anything you have to do as far as transitioning your business to being out of the country? Does that make a difference at all? Absolutely, it makes a difference. So for me, it's all about the taxes. <laughs> it's all about the taxes. Uh, like, you know, it's all about the taxes. So I will, um, in, in transitioning, I will be reincorporating well, one of my companies or my main company into a, a state that doesn't have state income taxes. Um, okay. So like change addresses, reincorporate into that country. So I, it's about lowering my tax liability. So I will no longer have to pay state income tax, both personal and professional. And um, then from there, making sure that I qualify, get all the expat, you know, uh, tax credits that I can working with my tax professionals, with structuring that, setting that up, making sure all of my banking is uh, to where I can get no foreign transaction fees. So I know Charles Schwab, even though they don't have a business checking account, mm -hmm. they have business banking products. So I already have Charles Schwab set up and I'll just you know transfer everything through Charles Schwab and making sure that when I uh, move money and if I need to take out any money in regards to my businesses or transfer, I won't get charged any foreign transaction fees should I use it abroad. Um, American Express is a secondary banking business checking account that I'm looking at. I might be, I might go ahead and continue opening up that account as well. But I'm actually going to be doing a talk about just the steps and business processes that need to take place to make sure that you really set yourself up up for success. Yeah, I was going to say this is it sounds like a lot. It sounds a little overwhelming, <laughs> and I know that you. Um, this is something that you do. You help people, um, coach people on how to transition their business for yeah. something such as this. So, yeah. yeah. And so uh, you're going to be doing, where are you going to be doing? When is your talk on this? Because it, I know there's a lot of people that need this information. It is. I'm actually, I do a Friday night live and I just did a poll on my YouTube channel. It's going to be YouTube. And mm -hmm. we want to hear that one. So um, I just scheduled it for this Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on July 28th. And I'm going to be talking about the steps to transition your business online. A lot of people, <clears throat> they don't know how to like do the actual tangible steps it needs for your business to still thrive and you still to be able to work. But you have to, we also have to make sure that we're hitting the back end of things. So not only is the structure set up properly, but how mm -hmm. are, like, the tax implications going to affect you, our tax implications going to be a something, you know, that are going to heavily hit you, especially as the scalability um, happens in your business or brand. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. Just information that we miss a lot is the, is the business structure. And I just love business strategy. I love giving people information and providing the information that can help somebody because I didn't have it. I didn't have <laughs> it. 
So, yeah, and and those are things that I like I said when I started working for myself, I didn't think about any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um I I for one will be listening this Friday because I for one need that information. And um if this doesn't come out, I'm sure that you'll have it beforehand. I'm sure that you'll it'll be on your YouTube channel. Yes. So that so that by the time this podcast comes out people can go and check that out because yeah. that's that's some valuable information yeah. that people will need yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. where can we find you um what is your youtube channel and where else can we find you online so i am at all things tracy collins just make sure you spell my name right so c uh t-r-a-c-i-e c-o-l-l-i-n-s and um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, although I'm really not that active on Facebook, but, but uh, I'm more active on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Those seem to be like my um, my playing ground. And then also my website is, is tracycollinsofficial.com. Okay. And I will be sure and put all of that information in the show notes so that people can find you. And um, I definitely will, I definitely follow you on Instagram and also on YouTube. I have to go and find you on TikTok as well, because I appreciate all of the content that you put out and it's, it, the business content is good, but you put out like wellness and yeah. just motivational and all kinds of things. I, I definitely get a lot from, oh, from your content. So Oh, um, I appreciate that because I was thinking that really nobody's watching. Well, <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm watching. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I do I, because wellness has been my wheelhouse for, again, my entire adult life. Like I've dealt with people with vaginas my entire adult life. So meaning everything, health and wellness, food, your body, mm -hmm. your system, the processes, the herbs, like all of that. And even though I talk business, like I am, I embody wellness. I have weaknesses just like everybody else. I have struggles just like everybody else, but wellness is always at the front in the force. And, and this is a part of my, my move abroad. It's about my wellness. It's about our financial well-being. It's about our mental well-being. It's about our spiritual well-being. And when we start centering our our wellness you'll start eliminating a lot of shit that don't that you don't need yep and you're you're preaching to the choir i 100 agree yeah and yes and and so we'll be um we will be leaving the u.s at the same time i found out so i am still on the search for my forever home i think but. you found it you're just trying to find something better good luck <laughs> But I'm just like, <laughs> I know people keep saying you love you keep going to back to Mexico. You love it so much. And I'm like, well, I can't marry the first country I date. I got to date some more countries. But, you know, I probably will end up going back. And it's just hard to top. That's all it I really think. is. It, it really is. Like I said, Colombia was nice, but I, I went to Colombia right after Mexico City and it just couldn't compare. So, yeah. but you will see. We'll see. <laughs> but um, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and giving such valuable insight today on um, transitioning and and expat life and wellness and everything that you that you brought to the conversation I really appreciate it oh, and you. I want to wish good luck to you and your partner in your new forever home 
You too. And I, I'll just continue to follow and see where you end up. And then you're going to be like, it's Mexico. And I'll be like, I'll tell you so. I don't know what took you so long, but okay. <laughs> you will. That's probably what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. I hope that you guys got a lot out of that conversation with Tracy. And I would encourage you to please go and subscribe to her YouTube channel. I will link it down below in the show notes. She gives a lot of great information on not just expat life, but on business and wellness and all kinds of things that are of value. So I would encourage you to definitely check out her YouTube channel. Now, if you are someone who likes the idea of being able to work online and travel whenever you want, but you're not exactly sure how to go about getting started with that, I do have a free guide that I put together that shows how I managed to become location independent. And if you if that's something that appeals to you, and you want some guidance on that, I will put the link to that guide in the show notes so you can grab that. And it will show you step by step how to go about uh, transitioning your current life to a location independent one. Other than that, I do appreciate you guys uh, listening to this episode. And I will see you in the next episode. Take care.